Hey everybody, this is the podcast Hire is Hollywood. Uh, I'm Jackie and my other lovely co-host is Diana. We are literally two millennials who thought to ourselves, why not make a podcast because we had ideas. So this is our podcast. Oh yeah, and you're listening to it. So good luck. <laughs> Either way, um, to help you get to know us because Obviously, you haven't gotten to know us for the rest of the episodes you've listened to. Here are some fun facts. Um, Jackie is someone who just, in general, aggressively likes things because life is more fun when you aggressively like things versus just being meh about everything. I mean, and to like make a point, I am a fan of consistency. I consistently like very specific things. Like I get the same drink at Starbucks every single day for the last four years. I went to the same coffee shop during my undergrad basically every single day for three and a half years. And if you are sensing a pattern, it is correct. Because when I find something I like, I like it. And Diana can attest to this. When I find my friends, my friends are now ride or die, whether you care or not. Yes, Jackie has started a girl gang specifically for this reason. Also, the girl gang is gender inclusive. The only requirements is that you enjoy drinking pink wine. Yeah, it is literally people supporting people. And we haven't made shirts yet, but if we do, we'll put it on our eventual merchandising area where people can get interested in it. But like, that's something that will happen eventually because I do want a shirt for the girl gang I have helped to establish with Diana. I just always imagine them being like the pink ladies' jackets in Greece. It has been a life goal for me to get like one of those like pink lady bowling shirts. Yeah, you could probably get it off Amazon for like $5. Should we make like a pink lady like shirt though that's like kind of for the show but kind of for our girl gang? Yeah, is it going to say like Jackie on it or is it going to say, I was going to be like, you're a host name, but that's also Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, imagine that. So creative. I don't know. That's to be determined. I don't know. Is it going to be like, do we have to like glitter glue anything because I'm down with that? I mean, we can always bedazzle. And I think this leads me very specifically into my fun fact for Diana. Um, so today I was driving in the car and the radio was on because I obviously listen to the radio, even though no one else does. And Adele started playing and it was uh, rumor has it. And I just wanted to say Adele has nothing on Diana because Diana is the rumor queen. Yes. So one of my favorite hobbies is starting absurd rumors about my friends and just really committing to it to see which of my friends I can convince it's true. Um, some of the highlights include in college, I convinced a group of my friends that our one friend who lived in Kansas, fa uh, their family owned a goat farm and that the pr they provided all the goat cheese to Trader Joe's <laughs> like exclusively. <laughs> and that, that one lasted a while. And then she, my friend was upset. She's like, just because I'm from Kansas doesn't mean I have a goat farm. Either way, we now call her Grandma Goat. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> and then currently at the fruit stand, I have a couple rumors going around. One of our coworkers, I like to tell everyone that uh, she formerly worked at Arby's when that there was no Arby's in the state that she lived in. Um, one of our coworkers is also a really dedicated uh, juggalo. That one is not a rumor. That one is a fact. So. You heard it here first. He has a very serious juggalo and junk food cooking blog. So The domain is no longer available due to his purchase. Also, one day we will figure out how to purchase a domain for our website. 
Again, to be determined. And that day is not today. But what today is, is our season finale. And yeah, we made it. And Jackie has the honor of pitching the last, I was going to say like show, I guess that is the right word, (laughs) the last show of this season. Jackie, can you tell us about your brilliant idea, the inspiration, everything? this is really exciting, and I just made this connection. Just like you said, it's the last show. We're going to set the scene by, by like, imagining The Last Supper with whatever mockumentary you want with it, like, mock-up, whether it's The Muppets or The Actual Last Supper. For any of our religious listeners, I'm sorry. However, moving on, what my idea is, is that we take artists from different eras. Like, imagine if Andy Warhol was now in the 20 teens what would his art look like also like people don't some people don't realize is andy warhol made these like random movies like one time he uh shot that chrysler building in new york for 12 hours straight and then showed the film for 12 hours so he did a lot of this really wacky experimental art and i wonder what it would look like now if he had like a smartphone or something like that the other people who I'm thinking of is let's take whomever is or is not Banksy and what if you put him into like the 1840s through the 1860s when it was like the silver types when like photography was first starting. What would that art look like? Um, I would love to see Banksy in like the Industrial Revolution and seeing his political artwork against children working in mines and factories like what type of nonsense he would strike there wait i have a question would the artists still retain all of their present day or past memories or would they just be like part of that era if that makes sense so i hate to break your drama soul where it's all about the characters but this would be more of like a sit down like discovery or history channel show where you got like several subject experts like different people who are like had chemistry backgrounds or art history backgrounds and to say like if somebody used the materials this way in 1960 how and like what materials would they be able to use in the 1840s and how would that translate to their art so to clarify there is no time machine in a literal sense, just in a scientific expert sense. Yeah, I'm still working on the time machine. And for y'all who don't know, y'all was obviously very important to use for the phrasing. But I am a huge time traveling fan. Back to the Future is my go-to, and I do want to own a DeLorean. But for this, as much as I want to see Banksy in the, like, the 1850s, not in a Tarantino film, but, like, in the actual 1850s. Like, I think it would be more interesting to see what subject experts would put their art. Like, another example, my third example, I'm just going to start numbering them, is if Jackson Pollock had MS Paint. Oh, my gosh. What do you think he would do? Like, what creation would you envision? I mean, I don't think he would actually use MS Paint. I think he'd use Kid Picks. Oh, my God. I forgot about Kid Picks. Yeah, so it's, like, stuff like that. Because have you seen, like, different shows where they animate? Like, I know that they did one for, I think it was Picasso or Van Gogh, where, like, all the different people in the art, like, started, like, having their own lives or whatever. Or, like, there was just animation where they brought out, like, the subtle different layers of it. I just think that's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's really cool to see art sort of dissected in... I don't know, like a very different way due to technology. It's like, okay, look at these different layers and these different perspectives and stuff now that we have 
this cool technological way to do it because art is obviously a very like individualistic experience like looking at it so now it's like okay well here's my perspective but all here's like fifty thousand different other ones now that we can share i don't know exactly but like what if you took leonardo da vinci and gave him a 3d printer or a cnc mill i'd honestly be sort of scared i mean that's the correct answer but i'm that's the whole thing is like this tv show like each episode would either take like one genre like it could be like hey like let's take uh the expressionist from like the early 1900s and say well what if we put like this expressionist in this time period or we asked them to use this medium um each episode would focus on either like a movement or type of art or a specific artist of a generation or of a movement so there'd be basically like a, it's, so this would obviously be history channel and there'd be sort of like those shows with like panels of art historians giving their opinions Ooh, is there like a practical element of the show so oh, you have 100%. like percent okay so like you have the historians giving their opinions but then they actually create the art that they think would be created with like a time lapse because i really like time lapses a nice little montage set to time appropriate music yeah, like, what happens if you took Ken Burns and you put him in, like, like, and you made him make, like, movies that were put in, like, Nickelodeon theaters in California in, like, 1905? That's a great question, Jackie. What do you think your favorite era of art is or favorite time period? That's a great question. I wish I could call myself a fancy pants with a lot of art knowledge, but... I can't call myself a fancy pants with art knowledge. I think there are friends of ours who actually have taken art history classes. My good friend who I mentioned lying about her goat farm history is actually like graduated with like an art history major and is a fancy pants art lady. And I feel like she would provide us valuable perspective because I would go to museums with her and she'd be like, oh, this is like a fancy thing. And I'd be like, oh, it's pretty saying like those like water lilies are pretty um most of my really good memories with my dad's parents my grandparents are with are at different museums like specifically like the art institute of chicago which is a lovely museum um i do like the field though i'm kind of impartial but my favorite chicago museum is hands down the museum of science and industry like no qualms straight up yeah that's fair yeah so so like going to school in the city I went to museums a lot just in general and I had this one class where we went to the art institute it was one of my creative writing classes and our teacher kept being like okay you must sit in front of a painting for 15 minutes and then you have to write a poem about it and it was like the hardest class I had ever taken because I was like okay what is this you know painting of a like French minister monk or whatever from the 1600s saying to me and now I must write oh god it was so wild I don't know I feel like I could have written better poems at the field museum about like the dinosaur bones or at the side oh my god I always loved the science museum museum of uh, science and industry they have like the tornado thing you know what I'm talking about yes I know exactly what you're talking about that's right by like the whispering well thing where like if you stand in two certain spots and you whisper or clap only the person in the exact same spot can hear you yeah and they have like the wave thing over there like mm-hmm. the wave oh such a great museum and by the way we're not sponsored but like museum of science and industry we're here for you 
Honestly, I would love to be sponsored by any of the all the museums. <laughs> childhood dream. Oh my gosh, I would die. Okay, but back to the show. Yeah, so back to the show. So there is like the practical element, and like, what art do I really like? I wish I could like draw and paint, but since I can't, I can only stare wistfully at like actual like art art. Um, so for me, like. A lot of the stuff that I'll actively seek out is more photography-based just Mm -hmm. because I have slightly more knowledge about it slash practical. Like, I can think about it in a more analytical way. It'd be like, oh, they must have taken steps X, Y, and Z versus they used a lot of pretty colors. (laughs) So to me, I, like, would definitely seek that out. I kind of the way I like going to museums is a lot like how I like going out to eat where like when I go out to eat to a like a restaurant like a cuisine that's anything other than American like even if it's sushi or Korean barbecue or anything like that I like to go with people who know what to order and then I just I like when somebody else knows and I can experience it with them I like going to museums when people know what they want to see and can kind of give me more background on it because just like you said with that context it was so hard for you to sit down and just create something versus you have more context at the field museum whether that was because you went there more as a kid or just because you like dinosaurs are so whimsical and fun like there's that context element that I think is really important and just like we were talking about in the beginning of the show i am somebody who thinks passion is really really fascinating i love passion i love context and i will listen to basically anyone and explain anything like even if that's about like lobbying in congress if they're passionate about it i want to hear about it so it goes for this too where like i just want to see like what people really really like love and just to kind of like see how it could evolve how it could change and then get other people's opinions on it too whether that's like the scientific analytical of like the different compounds of it or what their canvas would look like or you know what 3d printers are really capable of doing i would like love to see an episode of the show where it takes you know art from a very prehistoric society or something that's very ancient right and then tries to see a modern equivalent of it like what would, you know, the Mayan civilization's artwork look like in a modern What would the day? emojis look like? Oh my, well, um, are emojis just hieroglyphics or no? I think they are. I mean, if they can get a hieroglyphic of the emoji, like the sunglasses emoji, I'm down. That's my favorite emoji. See, but that's so interesting. You take a culture, you take a civilization, and you go like, hey, what were you creating? What lasted? How can we recreate it in the now or even recreate it in 1950 or anything like that? Like, there's so much wonder in that that, like, sometimes we just glance over and say, I want the newest and greatest. But art restoration is such a time-consuming I think it's straight up magical. Um, So for folks, like I've mentioned how I like photography, I like video. There's constant work for film restoration of taking obviously like celluloid film and trying to like fill it in. So a lot of the time when there was early color film in the early 1900s, uh, like for anybody who's watched Hugo with like George Melier, he used to or he would hire somebody to painstakingly paint in every single frame. It's like 24 frames a second. Somebody would physically paint it. So now they're making these software and hardware to help restore all the stuff that's chemically started to break down. And to me, that is so cool. Like, what is better than, like, restoring somebody's 
creativity. How do you feel when you see beautiful works of art or even not so beautiful, like graffiti and stuff just get painted over? It makes me like, like just like Lusai. Um, the one thing is, I thought you were going to go with, uh, did you ever watch Last Man on Earth on uh, Fox? Yeah. You know how like somebody would paint like the rubber ducky into the, like all those really famous works of art? <laughs> yeah. I first went wrong with that. And like that's, I would really like for it not to be like destructionary like that. But I think that it's really lame when people um, choose to override um because i am someone who believes in people's stories as individuals as people as groups as communities um and i understand that there is a time and place but it's also just eliminating all these people's really like unique stories like um an instance of this is like when i was in high school it used it might be there it might not be but when you were sitting in the cafeteria there would be like stretches of the wall that were for like different graduating classes um and people would be able to make like art that was symbolic for the year so like the graduating class of like 2002 had this really really nice like thing for new york city and things like that and there was a certain point when i was a senior where they started to paint over them and it wasn't like they were running out of room it was just like somebody thought like it just didn't matter anymore and i think to me that's it's like one thing to run out of space so another thing, if it is an act of destruction and or like violates somebody um, or, or or is just like really rude or harassment, like all that negative stuff, it's just another thing just to say like, I don't like this. Everyone should be capable of having their opinion, but I don't believe that just covering something up actually fixes anything. I actually think that's almost more destructive in the first place. So like they did a similar thing in my middle school cafeteria. It was trade drama for I think it was my eighth grade year um so they had this big beautiful wall where a prior art club like many years before had done a recreation of Starry Night of Van Gogh it was beautiful fantastic amazing everyone loved it right it was a really pretty you know symbol of our school and then they our school administrators read some book that bright colors would just keep kids active and focused in school so they painted it over with five like four different colors so one wall was like neon green one was neon blue one was neon orange and one was neon yellow Sounds so it was so ugly and it's like okay we had this beautiful beautiful mural that you know these prior students had worked so hard on and now it's like oh here are these neon colors that are uninspirational and make us want to throw up when we're trying to eat like our pbjs like yeah i don't know it's rude it's rude like it would be like one thing if it was like voted upon and there was like something about like a color theory like i don't really think there's bad art unless it is hurting people or you know it's derogatory x y and z like people should create like people should be able to let that piece of their soul grow and it's always something to me where when you paint over it or you're just like i read this somewhere it's like well have you actually thought about it like what if it's your story like so for folks who are listening who 
don't talk to me every day and don't see like the treasure trays of things I read up for my school. I'm uh, getting, I hope to one day be a librarian. I'm very sure it will happen. Um, but something a professor said uh, just a couple weeks ago has really resonated with me. Um, they said one of the most destructive things that can happen in war is when a library is burned down and ruined because when that happens, people's history is erased proof of people being around is gone. You are literally saying their stuff doesn't matter, your story no longer exists, there's nothing, absolutely nothing is left. And I'm not saying that like painting over something in a cafeteria is that vicious or violent, but I do think that there's these connotations of like art that is good versus art that is bad. Um, I don't really think one can do that. And I am somebody who makes fun of modern art very frequently. But at the same time, like art is art. Yeah, 100%. And I think if someone is making art because they are passionate about it, and it's something that speaks their truth, then you should respect it. Like, yes, maybe it's just a quick sketch or something and they're starting out and whatever, but you should just allow people to develop their skills and allow them to share what they want to with the world. Exactly. And I think that's like one of the parts of this show, like kind of coming back full circle is we don't know what art is or isn't. I don't really think we ever have. And being able to like examine like, hey, in the 1700s, this art was really popular or this type of creation was really focused versus you saw this trend for X amount of decades and then all of a sudden you came up with something completely different. I think that there is a story there. Like I really believe that you know, the salons and stuff between the world wars, like, had something that was going on. Like, revolutionary thought does not come from nowhere. Revolutionary art that changes people's lives does not come from somewhere. It has to grow. It has to be able to be fostered. Otherwise, it's kept silent. So the whole point of this show is to kind of, like, bring us full circle, whether it's people we do know, like Banksy, even though we don't actually know who he is, or, you know, Andy Warhol, uh, Mary Cassatt, I think is her name, all of these different people. I just want more people to know about them because they are these great creators. And I think that sometimes we say like, it's cool not to like things, but at the same time, maybe we just haven't given ourselves the chance. We haven't given ourselves a breathing room to say like, wow, I'm actually really interested in this. And yeah, maybe it's a little bit different than what everybody else in the mainstream is, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you're different. And that's actually something to celebrate. As long as, again, I'm going to say it for like the nth time here. As long as you're not hurting somebody, let your soul grow. And that's really the whole point of this show is to let people who are oftentimes stuck in academia, stuck in libraries, stuck in archives, stuck in museums, to be able to be like, no, this is super fascinating. This is how it's relevant. Let your soul grow. Jackie, that was such a beautiful mic drop moment. I love it. You know what? Me and that mic drop, except here's the thing, folks. I You can't see my hands because this is a podcast, so this might sound dumb, but I do this from reality. <laughs> I always like make the motion of like mic drop, but then I always look to the person who I just subtly mic drop to and I go, drop the mic, but like don't actually drop the mic because the sound people are pretty cool. Oh, my Atlanta And Diana Jackie. can like attest to that. No, it's true. That's a fair, fair representation of what you do. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I just think that there's there's a lot of really cool stuff out there. And, like, even if you took, like, a YouTuber or, like, a Vine star or, like, an Instagram 
or Twitter. There is art there. There's art in 140 characters. Yes, there are trolls. Yes, there are robots. Yes, there's a lot of really crappy stuff and really crappy people out there. But, like, there's still points in it. Like, we're doing it for a reason. I really want to see, like, Picasso making memes as an art form. See, but that could be a thing. Or what about Allen Ginsberg making 140 character tweets? Oh, that would be a lot. I would love it. Wait, exactly. you know what I want to do? I want to see Bink or not Bink. See, I want to see. Um, oh my gosh, I want to see the famous Campbell soup can, but Warhol. instead of like yeah, war instead of Warhouse thing, but instead of a soup can, it's like eighteen hundreds like cross stitch, and it's like a can of like. Do they have cans like in the eighteen hundreds? Am I being stupid? Do they have jars? Jars would probably Mason, be more accurate. But instead of like a Campbell's soup cart, it's like a jar of like sauce, applesauce. Yeah. Or what about the guy from um, Project, have, Run- Project sorry, Runway designing like a Pullman car? Oh my gosh. There's just like, there's so many options for this show, Jackie. Like, could you imagine sort of like a, oh my, even think of like technology. Think of like, um, like an iPad designed in like an Art Deco style, right? Dude, it would be so cool. Like, I think that would be fantastic. Like, I it's so exhilarating to me to think like what people could do with different tools. Like, could you imagine like Procreate just watching a time lapse, even if it's Picasso making memes? I want to see it. I think he would be really good at making memes. Yeah, or what if you took uh, the silent film star, Charlie Ch- Chaplin, and you had him making YouTube videos? I thought you were going to say Vines. I mean, Vines felt too close. <laughs> A little too Vines close. Vines felt too close. Oh, like, my lord. I just, I just think there's so much opportunity out there, and I just think it would be great if we had people who celebrated creativity versus being like, oh, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's a good way to live. I think if you are not celebrating creativity and you're like, oh, I'm just going to be a, a boring a boring boy or a boring gal, you're not living your best life. You really aren't. Like, take a moment, embrace the world around you, have fun, go, you know, look at the sky, look at the stars, paint a picture, get a tattoo of a cat i don't know have fun <laughs> and the coolest it's a short thing is life about art. you don't even have to tell anybody you're doing it you don't have to show anybody you're doing it do it for yourself i mean you could do it for the meme but like do it for yourself <laughs> do it for yourself also the meme but mostly for yourself <laughs> exactly you can put that on there jackie's new jackie's new catchphrase do it for yourself also for the meme mostly for yourself <laughs> I mean, anybody, we've had so many discussions of, like, the not mainstream memes that, to me, are cornerstone, but you're like, no, these are just funny to you. I think you just think the memes that you're like, oh, this is quality content, this is, yes, everyone knows this, and then you'll show it to someone, and everyone's like, 
Jackie, where did you find this? Like, this is so obscure. <laughs> like, that's... Can we have a moment and talk about one of our chat threads uh, with one of our friends where somebody I had... I Most of my conversation is not text-based when it comes to physical, like, iMessage, SMS messaging. It's literally just pictures I found on the internet, whether those are screenshots of, like, tweets. Mostly they're just cute animals. Like, Diana can attest to this. Most of my, my feeds are just, like, cute things that make me smile and I want to make other people smile so I send it to them very wholesome very wholesome I strive to make people smile and like wholesome is my way of doing that not everybody's but it's mine uh what was the comment that came up in the thread a couple days ago was like how do you find so much wholesome content oh yeah something like that like ever oh yeah and you're like oh I have a very carefully curated twitter feed because of this yeah, I was like, I have so carefully curated my Tumblr feed, no porn, mostly cute animals. Oh my gosh, it's it's truly a gift that you're able to just go on the internet and all you see is cute animals. Like, you're just living in a blessed Instagram. You don't even have Instagram. I was like, you're just living in a blessed Instagram feed, but... That I mean, is false. Maybe, like, in an alt future, like, what if you had a, like, Black Mirror episode that instead of it being dystopic, it was utopic? Then it's not Black Mirror. Then it's, like, gold mirror. Diamond. Dun, dun, platinum. Dun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, okay. no, I mean, folks, you can edit that out if you don't want, because that was pretty dumb. But still. By, f- by folks, you mean one of us. I mean, yeah, we don't have an unpaid intern yet, so... We are our own unpaid interns. In more ways than one. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we obviously know this is History Channel. Well, since we're getting, like, experts, you don't really have, like, a cast. Who do you think would be, like, a like a good host I could see would be, like, somebody like Elizabeth Banks? Oh, but you need, like, a narrator. Yeah, like, Elizabeth Banks could be the narrator. Okay, I think she has a friendly voice. Listen, I saw her in the her. In, I, was, I saw her in the Lego Movie, but it wasn't like her, <laughs> her voice. And I was, uh, and she did a great job. Okay, I like Elizabeth Banks, and I think she's like pretty. It seems like she does a really good job of making sure like there are other like women and people of color on her sets when she does do like direct. Because I'm pretty sure she's directing Charlie's Angels, or like she directed the new she one. She really. <gasps> Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with Elizabeth Banks. I think she's a good choice. And like, again, now that I've seen the Lego movie, after everyone yelled at me for not seeing the Lego movie, I feel like I've been able to bring it up in like a conversation like at least once or twice per week. And this is my once per week for this week. I'm really proud of you. And, you know, if Tegan and Sarah wanted to do the theme song for this this, this show, I'd be like... Thank you very much, Tegan and Sarah. I respect you a lot. I have listened to you on your CDs and Grey's Anatomy, and it would be great. I thought you were going to make like a thank you next joke, and I was like, do you really want Ariana to be our theme she song? She's the voice of an angel. Her new CD, full of bops. So good. She bopped her way to the top. Ah, wop, wop, wop. <laughs> I only mean in the high school musical way. Oh my god, Jackie! Like the song, Bop to the Top. This is a family-friendly podcast. I mean, and by f- I meant and by- no connotations, and me trying to backtrack has only made it far worse. By family-friendly, only our moms listen to this podcast. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
but yeah no those are like some of the people but if there was like somebody who was like if yo-yo ma wanted to do it i would be like yo-yo ma thank you so much what if it's yo-yo ma composes the song tegan and sarah write the lyrics and then ariana grande sings it hey i'm here for it and maybe other people will too i've had worse ideas Oh, and I forgot, I wanted to tell, when we were talking about sadly destroyed um, murals, I forgot to tell you about a tragic one in my family. This oh, no! Was... Is this one that's going to end up in your memoir after Corbin Blue? <laughs> no. This is one from the Mama D archives. So, when my mom was a youth, she shared a room with her sisters and she got permission from my grandpa, who loves fantasy novels as much as my mom does. <laughs> um, and my mom made a giant Gandalf wizard mural <laughs> on the wall in her bedroom that like she shared with her sisters, which is like, if you know my mother, this is like the most on-brand thing for her to do. Mm-hmm. I also had to explain to her what on brand meant. So, mom, when you listen to this, you'll understand. And oh, uh, oh my gosh. And then it was sadly covered up by one of her sisters. What? I think they wallpapered up because they thought it was creepy because they don't understand how powerful Gandalf is. But yeah. like it's but it's like still my grandparents still own this house. So oh. like apparently when it was like when my cousins were younger, they'd always want to like rip the wallpaper to see if they could find the mural. My grandma would get mad and be like, stop ripping my wallpaper. And anyways, so that art then became performance art. And anyways, Gandalf always finds a way. The end. <laughs> Gandalf the gray becomes Gandalf the white. Oh my god. I just like one day I want like the new owner, like whatever my grandparents are like, okay, we're gonna sell the house, blah blah blah, like what old people do. I want them to be like taking down the wallpaper and they just find this like 1970s mural of Gandalf <laughs> on their wall and they're just horrified. <laughs> and then you just see it on like, a viral Twitter thread and you're like, ah, Okay, this has to happen. That's a- so, guys. You've started to get the the pitch for season two. <laughs> oh yeah, now this is our know. finale. <laughs> so thanks for coming along for the ride, and I'm really glad that Gandalf can like see us out because you know he is pretty great. Yeah, pretty and get ready, get ready for season two, guys. Um, we have so many tricks up our sleeves. Um, we have a lot of great ideas. But, you know, just be prepared. A couple weeks breaks. We'll be back. Don't miss us too much. In the meantime, you can not miss us by following us on our social media accounts. Jackie, what are those? I've learned after 13 weeks, it is Hyrus Hollywood on the Netflix and on the Instagrams. It's also... <laughs> Did you just say on the Netflix? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah. This is why Diana always says it, because she has clarity in her conversations, and I do not. (laughs) It is higher as Hollywood. You got that part right. It's on Twitter and Instagram. Not on Netflix, just yet. yet. 
Not yet. Eventually. And also, Diane and I were talking about, just as we talked about ideas and stuff, we're, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for, like, merchandise for, like, these 13 episodes because we want to do stuff, put, us, put ourselves out there, and also to thank you guys, the listeners. So keep an eye out on our handles for actual physical goods, not just these really great audio files. And if you have ideas, like, if you're like, oh, I really want a sticker, I want a coaster, I want a framed photo of Diana and Jackie jumping in the air and high-fiving. Um, let us know because we'll, we'll make it happen. Ideas. Yeah, you can email us. It's hollywood at gmail.com. Um, I think there's a contact page on our website. I don't know. We should look into that. But, you know, until next time, friends, have a amazing day.